You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. This message is being broadcast over the emergency alert system at the request of the New York football giants. This is not a test. Please remain calm and stand by for the following important information. Welcome to an emergency broadcast of Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. Do not adjust your internet connection. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. <laughs> Do we have our red alert siren going off right now for oh, this yeah, emergency broadcast? Okay, good. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not exactly breaking news, but that's partially because I didn't have power for some of the weekend, so I'm taking, yeah. take it or leave it. And I also say this may not be emergency news either. We're basically just talking off topic from what we originally planned on. So we figured we had some bonus information to pass along. So hence the hyperbole of the emergency broadcast. (laughs) Everybody likes a bonus. Uh, Be sure to uh, follow and subscribe to Just Giants on iTunes and SoundCloud and follow us on Twitter. I'm at football underscore grump. The show is at Just Giants pod and he is at the cranky fan. Correct him and no. Let's get started. All right. So we kind of wanted to talk about the combine pre- press conferences from Dave Gettleman and uh, Pat Shermer. Yeah, I think the thing we have to always consider when people start talking from the day after the Super Bowl until after the draft is take a real grain of salt, whatever they say. They may be trying to throw misdirections and smoke screens and everything to keep people off the scent of what they're trying to do. But we're going to try to read the hieroglyphics with our Rosetta Stone and see what exactly are they talking about when they mention anything about anyone. Yeah, I think in years past, Jerry Reese was just really tight-lipped. He really said a whole bunch of nothing. Um And so there was no real smoke going up. I mean, it was just very straightforward, like we're going to take the best guy on our board. And that's that's pretty much it. I mean, he didn't really offer any insight to anything. And then the leaks that came out from the Giants front office or whatever, those were the only leaks. So it's like the whole league knew where they were going with where they were leaning with picks. So, I mean, this is our first glimpse in a while of some some real smoke. Uh, I mean – if you look at the hires for the coaching staff, I mean, they they didn't all come out of left field, but not all. I mean, there was a lot more anticipated that just never happened, like Matt Patricia, um, uh, the the defensive Jack Del Rio. Del all, Rio, that was a big one for we we debated that on a prior podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even Josh McDaniels, they drove all the way up to New England. There was like a big deal about how they went all the way up there, and it was important that they interview him. And then they went with Pat Shermer, um, and and Mike Shula came out of absolutely absolutely came out of left field. I know that he came from Carolina, but he was on nobody's radar. So th- there is definitely a lot of smoke flying around, and uh, I mean. Personally, that's a good thing because as a fan, uh, I mean, it makes it more interesting for us to talk about stuff, but I'd like the other teams to not know what we're doing. I'd like everything to, in our war room to be a secret. The Giants right now are completely in the driver's seat. They have the number two pick. Yeah. Um, you know, 
Cleveland obviously is in the super driver's seat with two top five picks and obviously a needed everything. So who knows what they're going to do, especially with the incompetency they have in their front office. They can go completely rogue and wild card with their picks. But the Giants are in a fantastic position right now. They don't need a franchise quarterback to be drafted at number two and to start on day one. They have the advantage of still having a serviceable Eli Manning and a potential wild card in Davis Webb. Uh, A couple of arguments I've had in the last few days with some Giant fans are, well, Eli Manning is finished. They'll never win a Super Bowl with Eli Manning. That's not the goal of Eli Manning right now. The Giants are not looking at, oh, we just need a piece or two when we're Super Bowl contenders. Eli Manning is like a soft landing for this team as a bridge for the next generation, whether they think Davis Webb is the guy or someone they'll draft in 2018 or 2019. So it's not all or bust with this team right now. And I wouldn't expect Eli Manning to be the guy to say, well, he's going to take the Giants back to the Super Bowl because that road is too far along to really consider right now. We're drafting two. Don't forget that. That's because we sucked last year. Yeah. But then again, if we get into the playoffs, I would rather have Eli Manning than most other starting quarterbacks in this league. There's, I agree. I mean, once you're in the playoffs, I I like having a guy like Eli Manning, and I don't I don't think it's any sort of sure thing to say something like that. Like he's never going to lead us to the playoffs again. I, I don't I don't yeah, believe well, that. But. Well, I think the this analogy might be be a little better for baseball than it is for football, but. There are teams that are built for the regular season, and there are teams that are built for the playoffs. Like the Yankees are a team, in my opinion. I'm not going to you know, stray too far into baseball here. I think are built to win 95 to 100 games in a regular season. Are they built to win a short series? Eh, I don't know what they're pitching or not. And you could say the same thing about a quarterback. Like is Eli Manning right now at age 36 or 37 with this offensive line and everything built or a quarterback to take you to go 11 and five? Probably not. But to your point, you know, one game it's at home. Second game it's in, let's say, you know, Green Bay. I'll, I'll roll the dice with Eli Manning even right now. than you know, a lot of the other schmucks that are starting in the league. Yeah, sure. And he's one of those guys who offers plus intelligence. You know what I mean? It's, he has, you know, some ability loss, I guess, around him, and he's got a shitty offensive line, as far as we know. Um, but, you know, he's the kind of guy who will go in there with a game plan, and he knows exactly how to execute it. That week of practice is all he needs. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, fully reliant on his offensive coordinator to get everything right for him. So they're not they're not coaching up Eli to play against a particular team in the playoffs. And that's a big difference, which you saw a lot of in these past playoffs, whether it was, you know, Bortles or, 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 you know, any of these guys, yeah. you get the sense that they were coached up to face new England or they were coached up to face Philly. Eli just kind of wind him up and go. Yeah. And, and that, that leads back to Gettleman who said that he thinks that Eli can still play for a few more years. And I mean, I can agree with that. I think if, he he's signed until I think what would we say twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. If they need him to be there that long, they can do that as long as they feel like paying him. Yeah, let's define can still play for a few more years though. I mean, is he someone? It's just kind of you know, is he going to be Peyton in his last year or two? It's just basically a game manager, or is he someone that can be 
you know, can quarterback to win. So, well, I mean, again, this is the advantage you have with Eli, who is not one completely on his athletic ability, but has one. If you are grooming a guy, you can have Eli in that last year, whatever you have, have him start the season and continue to coach up the guy underneath him. And then you make your transition at that point or, you know, whatever. If, if he's just a game manager at that point, what he's offering is leadership and how to study film and what to do on a day-to-day basis for workouts and stuff like that. And he's probably yeah. in the top five in the league of guys to follow for that. Yeah. And I, I but I think I remember though, we're, we're, we prefaced all this, but, the choice of words guys like Gettleman are going to use in these statements. So these are crafted statements too. So again, a little grain of salty. Like I don't think they expect Eli to be a pro bowl quality quarterback, but definitely somebody who could be serviceable to, you know, keep this offense moving until the heir apparent is ready. Whoever that heir apparent may be. Right. And, and we heard that uh, both Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman when scouting through the draft last season, liked what they saw from Davis Webb on tape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is sort of like a nothing statement, though, right? I mean, just saying that you liked what you saw on tape is not really saying much. <laughs> it's not giving a lot of detail. It's like saying, wow, these prunes are tasty. What does that exactly mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I liked what I saw from Davis Webb on tape. I just, you know, he seemed like a mid-rounder. He could rise. He could develop into something. He could just be a career backup. We don't know. It certainly looks like he's been training hard. He's been posting a lot of videos of him throwing the ball. What does this all mean is that it really means that the Giants are saying that it's not a lock that they're going to draft a quarterback with the second pick. I also don't think, though, that Davis Webb is the decision whether they're going to draft a quarterback or not. I think it's going to be more. Do they think that any of these four or five top guys are guys that can be a starting quarterback for the next seven to eight years, six, seven, eight, nine years. Of course. I don't think Dave, I don't think Davis Webb is the, well, we already have our guy. I really don't. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Davis Webb could be a serviceable backup. They have a serviceable backup in house right now. Yeah. So I I think people are kind of doing the either or, well, you know, it's either going to be Davis Webb or they're drafting a quarterback. I don't think they're, they're, you know, one depends upon the other. No, I, I think some of it may be that they like Davis Webb enough to know that, you know, maybe they don't think as highly of the quarterbacks in this draft and they think that Davis Webb is just a slight downgrade and it's not worth it for them to select a quarterback in this draft or something. I mean, you know, it may it may just be that. Or at two. Let's, let's, yeah, let's yeah. Let's preface that. <laughs> If they if they could slide down to like six or seven and get maybe another first round pick and a second round pick and uh, hypothetically Josh Rosen's available at six, they may say great value at six. We'll take him. Hell yeah, I would say great value. Or I mean, it's more likely that it would be like Sam Darnold or uh, yeah Josh Allen, but. It- you know, we went over these quarterbacks in the past, and I, I like both of those quarterbacks for the Giants. I, I threw a name out there, just I, you know, insert name here. Yeah. Like if a quarterback that they did like out of you know, I don't know how they're going to rank them one through five or something, but let's say the number two quarterback on that list is above their cut line of what they would want to work with for the future, and he dropped a six. They're taking him. They may sure. not take him at two though. Yeah. So, and and 
Gettleman said that uh, he does not devalue the running back position, which has been the big argument is that Saquon Barkley might be one of the best running backs we've seen to come out in a while. Um, But do you draft a running back that high? And it's his opinion that you take a Hall of Famer no matter what that position is. You want, when you're picking inside the top five, you want to know that you're picking a potential Hall of Famer. Let me ask you something, Grump. Now, I'm getting old. My uh, Alzheimer's is starting to kick in. But weren't they saying the same thing about Ezekiel Elliott two years ago that he was a once in a generation running back? And, you know, but people even still thought that the Cowboys are a little crazy drafting him as high as they did. I did not. I, I mean, I liked Ezekiel Elliott a lot. Um, I just think that it also depends on. Like, I I think that they're pretty. Well, compar- it's a two part. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a two part question because my second part was gonna be knowing what we know now. Forget the off the field stuff. You know, just yeah, as yeah. a running back, as a running back, would he be worthy of a top two pick? A guy like him. Mm, well. No, no, no two drafts are alike. And I think that's part of the issue here is that there's not a super lovable quarterback in this draft. And that's that muddies things up a lot. You know, a lot of people, Quentin Nelson is the number one guy on their board. You know, Roquan Smith, Saquon Barkley, they're in the mix for the highest on the board on pure talent alone at the. So, I mean, that's sort of where it comes in. I think both Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley are not once in a generation players, but Potential Hall of Famers, maybe. Pro Bowlers, definitely. Do you want to draft a Pro Bowler in the top five? Or do you want to draft a quarterback just because you need a quarterback? And I think I think that's sort of the argument that's being made, um, is that he doesn't devalue any position. He just wants to make sure that he gets the pick right. Um, yeah, and I think you were kind of leading into a very important point. Um, you know, is a quarterback that's very functional and can lead an offense and not just be a, a game manager but someone who can run an offense and lead an offense more important than a more decorated player at a different position at a different skill position um, but i mean to me like you know a the best running back in this position to me is, in my opinion is not as important as having maybe the fifth best quarterback in the league in, in, in on your team I think, oh yeah yeah i think that that's that's my point i was trying to get at. yeah yeah way was, yeah absolutely so, yeah, I would so have saquon to... barkley so Saquon Barkley is a once-in-a-generation running back. Is that as important as having getting if, – if they value right. one of these quarterbacks to be that guy that could be a starter for 10 years on this team and maybe you know get them into the playoffs and stuff? Yeah. I mean that, that, that's, that's exactly what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let's be pretty clear about this. This wouldn't even be a viable discussion if there was a quarterback that was that unanimously good. This is – pretty good proof that there is not because otherwise this this would have been laughed off i mean i know people are arguing about it but like there's some murmurs about it and there's even some shit i'm hearing today about cleveland saying that they might take saquon barkley first just because they also have the fourth pick um and that they can get their pick at whoever they want at quarterback and then you know that's a little nuts but it's still it's still arguable because there is not a surefire quarterback in this draft. No, no, not at all. <laughs> now, I mean, if there was a surefire quarterback, you think the Giants would try to flop with Cleveland to get him? I I think they would try, yeah. See what it would take. To go from two to one. 
Yeah, if if there was a surefire quarterback and just one, uh, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe maybe if there was a surefire quarterback plus the ones that are in here, they would be fine with taking Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold, whoever they valued more, because they have Eli for that extra time. I mm. think. But I mean, they would they would definitely call and see what it would take. But I think it would cost too much. Yeah, that'd be interesting if Cleveland were to do that. <laughs> yeah. It all depends on if Kevin Costner is still their GM or if he's gotten to a fight with his mother and thrown a laptop through a wall. Uh, by the way, Grump, I was uh, one of my multiple attempts to fly this past weekend. Uh, I did flip on draft day for a while on the flight. So, <laughs> you know, I watch uh, I watch a Christmas story Christmas time. I watch draft day around draft time. So what can <laughs> I say? I'm sure that movie ages like a steak out in the open there. <laughs> um. We'll do a special, um, you know, Siskel and Ebert version of uh, Just Giants to review the movie right before the draft. Man, that would be emergency. kind of fun, actually. That'd be an emergency broadcast. Yeah. Maybe, we'll do, maybe we should do that. <laughs> Put that on the list. Make a Mystery Science Theater 3000 out of it. <laughs> we'll do just, it in real time. Just broadcast the whole movie. That's <laughs> not bad. <laughs> uh, some other news. The reports out that uh, the Giants are planning on moving Dominique rogers Camardi to free safety. Um, to compete directly with Darian Thompson. I said this at the beginning of last year, that Darian Thompson is not a lock to play free safety. Um, He had no rookie year, and he played below average last year. Um, Rodgers Camardi is a guy with a lot of athletic ability and know-how, and they don't want to give up on that. Whether he can play on the outside the whole year is, you know, he's getting a little long in the tooth for that, but it's an interesting thought. Well, to me, it, it signals that Eli Apple might be with this team next year, despite what people were thinking. I think he got it. He might have had a second lease on life with the Giants with the coaching staff change because I do not think he would have been back next year if the current staff, the previous staff, was around. So the thought that they're moving DRC to to safety is really opening up a spot for him to kind of prove himself and, and be back on this team next year. Sure, I don't think that will preclude them from taking a cornerback that they like in the draft, though, if at all available, or if they get a free agent that hits the market. That's true. But now you're going a little deeper into lack of depth now in the position. So I, I don't think, I don't think that one thing has to do with the other. I think they, they would draft if they wanted, if they needed, saw a guy that fit what they were looking for. But um, I, yeah, I was, I, I was not very specific. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean that they would get rid of Eli Apple for that, but it wouldn't guarantee him that starting spot or anything like that. If they took a guy that they like, I guess also it means they like Ross Cockrell too. I think I think he's going to hang around also. Well, maybe he's still a free agent, so. I mean, they may try to. I mean, I don't see a major demand for him on the free agent market, but I can see him them bringing him back on a, on a cheap deal. I think so too. Yeah. Um, the only other news is that the Giants were reportedly going to make a run at Graham Gano for kicker. We had just recently spoken about how atrocious special teams was, um. But now it's coming out that Carolina will probably franchise tag uh, Graham Gano in the event that they cannot work out a long-term deal. So that might be off the table. And this works for me because, as everybody knows, I have a no-nulls policy, and I don't need a null on this team. (laughs) But, I mean, it does show that the Giants are on the market for a good kicker. They want a sure thing. They don't want to draft one, I don't think. Yeah, I think they've – if they want to experiment and have a guy grow into the uh, the position, they'll keep Rojas again next year. Yeah. So I I, I think they uh, 
they're looking in the market to find a, a kicker and someone they can they can bring in to at least provide competition in training camp, if not take over the job next year. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for this uh, episode of Just Giants. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and iTunes and SoundCloud so you can get all our latest updates and latest episodes. Um, the next episode that you'll hear is our Hog Mollies edition of the draft and free agency, all offensive line all the time. Um, so, yeah, just, just follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump. Leave us a nice five-star rating on iTunes. Um so that you can hear more from us. And you can follow me on Twitter as always at the cranky fan and leave a nice review also on iTunes because the more reviews and ratings we get, the more giant fans can hear us and more people will listen. And maybe sometime in our lifetime, we'll actually get a sponsor. To stuff. It'd be nice. Let's go giants. Go giants. <laughs>